Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I'm beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem Church. This one is going to be fun because today we're talking about politics. Well, it's fun for me. I don't know about for you, but full disclosure, I'm a little bit of a political junkie. I majored in political science at UGA. Go dogs. And we have Pastor Jason here with us once again to bring into this conversation. So welcome, Pastor Jason. Glad to be back. Excited about the conversation. You mentioned this uh, podcast in your politics talk, uh, week seven in our Only Jesus series. So it's not really necessary, necessarily a recap so much as an appendix, sure. if you will. So Expansion. Yes, yes. So we've got some things that we wanted to add, that you wanted to add. So politics, uh, strong opinions, a lot of strong opinions. Sure. Emotions are running high. We're actually recording this the day after the election, which we don't know who's the president. We still don't know. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like it's going to be a little while before we do. Right. And in the midst of 2020 already being a colossal mess, why not let's just throw this in. Right. And just call it just call it the year of our lifetime. Yeah. The year know? that shall not be named. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Holy moly. So we all felt conflicted. I think that that's pretty clear. Many of us, so many of us felt conflicted with our options on the ballot this sure. year. Kind of, if you're a human being with a pulse, I don't know that you ever really saw like the perfect candidate, one that represented all of your values and opinions. And sure. you, you talked about this, and 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 one of the lines that you said in in your message, uh, unless Jesus is on the ballot, then you will always be voting for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. So I don't know if you meant for that to be such a sticky statement, but mm -hmm. it was. It sure. was for me. It sure. was for a lot of people that I've talked to. Um, it kind of hit home for me because I, I've had that conversation with so many people and, and with my husband, you know, we don't want to vote for evil. Sure. But talk about that. You know, you're always going to be voting, you know, whether uh, a human being is on the if a human being is on the ballot, then it's you're always voting for yeah. the lesser of two evils. And I think you always have to remember that voting is a privilege and a blessing that we have in our country. So let me give an example. When the the last service of the week I talked on politics, we have some missionaries here from Vienna mm. and we've been sponsoring them for a number of years. They work in a Christian school over there. They're chaplains. Less than 1% of Vienna is evangelical Christian, high heavy Roman Catholicism, but then also uh, very educated uh, kind of cultural elites, if you will, in Vienna. And so all that to say, they were here that week and uh, they talked about, when I said that statement, they thought about the reality of, for them, they vote, but it's the choice between, um, what they say, uh, socialist and ultra-socialist. Wow, yeah. That's their choice. Yeah. But they still, they're citizens of Vienna from America, mm -hmm. but that's their choice. Mm -hmm. So, again, they follow Jesus, mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily socialist, if you will. Right. Uh, but that that's the idea of in every culture that when you get to choose a leader and you have the opportunity to cast your vote, 
that's a responsibility. I think it's also a, uh, a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I think to frame it like that, mm-hmm. but I do also go back to Jesus's John 18, my kingdom is not of this world. It's, it's uh, even though I would argue our democracy is better than most world systems, governing systems, it's still yes. a man-made system. Yes. It's still a man-made system. The two-party system is a man-made system that has morphed and turned uh, over the centuries. And um, there's in a man-made system, there's just imperfect candidates. And so I think uh, some people just are are so passionate on their party platform. And I think that's a lot about, I use the word blood and mud Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. more than it is their Christian politic or I should say their Christian conviction. Right. But that's a different conversation for a different day. By blood, I mean the heritage, the family they're from, uh, from. Mm-hmm. and mud, I mean the dirt they were raised in. Right. The part of their country they were raised in. Their demographics. Their demographics. Yeah. There's just a there's just a reality of that. Uh and so in that oftentimes we mistake uh, our passion uh, for party platform when we elevate our guy when there's obviously faults, when there's obviously character issues. I think one of the things I said that I've watched is I can remember, I'm not going to go back, but the president in the 90s, mm-hmm. some major character issues. Right. And uh, from the circles that I was around as a kid, those flaws were talked about again and again and again and again and mm. again and again and again and attacked and attacked and attacked. Right. Well, let's let's move twenty years down the road, and maybe the candidate on uh, the side that you're pulling for has some major flaws, right? In his some similar characteristics, yes, similar characteristics in his mm-hmm. past, you know, right, right. So, you know, and there's a brashness and a there's some things there, but it's funny how that's not a big deal, right? Uh, but actually, what you really are is passionate about your platform, not necessarily the person uh, or your policies and so we just get mingled yeah. and when we do that I think we elevate so what what happens is we ultimately elevate the person into a you know deity I shouldn't say deity but a hero right. if you will and the solver yeah, of all kind of our of a problems Superman. yes yeah, yeah. Uh, and oh I, and, and I think the thing I look back in 2012 let me give you an example when you realize because I grew up Republican uh, my, my family's that's their roots our heritage if you will um, maybe more of the policies of that party I lean toward mm-hmm. uh, but I say all that to go, I remember 2012, because what used to happen, and I grew up around the church, is this is God's man for this time. That was always the thing. Yeah. Well, the problem was we were going to say Mitt Romney, who's a... Mormon. Mormon. That's God's man. Yeah. Uh, Or Barack Obama, who maybe not stand for some policies the church would, but it was interesting. It was the first time I can remember where it was like that whole God's man... Mm-hmm. was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it was interesting. Yeah. You couldn't argue that based on just their beliefs. Right, right. Because Obama would say he's a believer, mm-hmm. whether you agree with that or not, and Romney would say that, but he's actually a Mormon, Yeah, which is yeah. really a quasi-twisting of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. Christian at all. Right, right. Uh, it was just interesting. Yeah. And so it's just an example of how in every, we have this tendency to elevate in the church the guy who's our platform, mm-hmm. uh, and we forget they're fallen, broken people, and we live in a very fractured, broken world. And so by elevate, do you kind of mean, I want to talk about how you you made the statement that politics is the idol of choice yeah. for many Christians. Yeah. So talk about that and also talk about um, how party loyalty is not a litmus test. 
Sure. And that, that's a lot. And yeah. so you can kind of ask me questions as we go in okay. this, but let me kind of set it up by going, here, here's how I would say it. When I say politics is kind of the idol of choice, because I said, I'm not a person that thinks voting doesn't matter because God's got it all. Right. Uh, or am I a person that thinks, um, you know, everything rides on one election, mm-hmm. if you will. I'm a person that thinks your voting does matter and you should be salt and light and you have the responsibility. But... What I would say is we have to think more biblically than politically, and we don't often. And that's why I say politics is the idol of choice for many. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Politics. So so here's a line a friend of mine, Danny Anderson. He pastors in Indiana. And I remember him saying this, and I wrote it down. He says, if you have more of a burden for America as a Christian than you do your family, friends, and coworkers who don't know Christ, you've moved away from Christianity and toward nationalism. Ouch. Yeah. But it was huge. That's good. That's that, really that, good. And again, I left that out because I thought that would get me. It's a podcast. You can just. But here's That's what I'm saying again. That's a whole message in itself. If you have more of a burden for America as a Christian, then you mm-hmm. do your family. So if it's just corporate Man. broadly, mm-hmm. then you do your family, friends, and f- coworkers who don't know Christ. You've moved away from Christianity and toward nationalism. That is the idea of how politics has become the idol of choice, and we miss what's right in front of us. Right. I said this last week in the talk, uh, or the talk that's coming up, you'll hear. So this will be played after that. There's things you can control and there's things you can't control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are losing our influence over things we can't control because we're so focused on that. And we're forfeiting our influence because God's given us a whole lot we can't control. Right. And you mentioned this, you said this in, in uh, what is uh, what is out of my control is yeah. still under God's and I come rule. Back, and you'll see how I come back to that. But I think in that... Either party platform isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, for as Christians, here, here's what I mean. Do I think you could argue one leans more toward holding Christian values? or ju- Yes, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. at all. But that there's a perfect party platform, not out there. Right. And because I think, if you think about it, as Christians, you think about the early church, and we talked about this in a staff meeting. Y'all asked me to bring it up. There's really four issues of justice yeah. that you see played out through by justice, like the Christians and Christ followers are the voice where there's wrongs to be made right. Uh, They're the voice. There's pillars. There's these issues of Mm -hmm. this is right. Mm -hmm. This is virtuous. This is good. And we should uphold these things. Right. The Christians. So, so what do you mean? Let me four. Christians should be sold out to racial justice. Mm. All races are equal. Mm-hmm. They're neither Greek nor barbarian nor mm. Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we see that over and over again in the New Testament. They're all one in Christ. Right. That was a right sizing of race and nationality. We talked about that. But that Christians should be a voice for racial equality, and every man and woman is creating the image of God. We should also be deeply concerned. Christians should be about the poor and the marginalized. Mm. Uh, the people, if you will, whether it be systemic, not by their own choice, uh, the system has left them out by their bad choices. But you see time and time again in the Gospels, that's who Jesus gravitated towards. Right. You also see James, his brother, saying pure and faultless religion is to care after widows and orphans, right. which in that time were the outcast, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you will, were the kind of left behind in society. That's pure religion. That's mm-hmm. what he says. There's two. Okay. That we should be deeply concerned mm-hmm. about racial justice and deeply concerned about the poor and the marginalized. Mm-hmm. That those are justice issues. But then you have, we should also be pro-life. Right. That life matters. Right. Life begins at conception. I knew you in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. What that meant is before you were out of your mother's womb, you yeah. were 
a, a person. Yeah. You were a soul. You were a body. You were a gift. It happens at conception. We believe that. So that pro-life. Mm-hmm. And sex should only be between man and woman in the context of marriage. That the God's design for marriage is for Christians right. that we believe is men and a man and a woman in the context of marriage. And that we should uphold that. We should champion that. We should celebrate that. That truthfully, that's foundational to family. Right. It's foundational to Society has always been throughout human history. Yeah, since that's like not, Garden of Eden. You're yeah, on this, that's you're not like us a back. new American thing that we came up with in the 50s. <laughs> not, right, Don't right. listen to the secular media yeah. kind of go, oh, you know, no, 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 no. So there's four issues I just yeah. mentioned right there. Think about it for a yeah. second. If you're listening, you're driving. Think, I just mentioned four issues that Christians should be sold out on. Racial justice, mm-hmm. concerned about the poor and the marginalized, right? Mm-hmm. the forgotten about in yep. our community. Also, we should be pro-life. And that uh, marriage mm-hmm. uh, and the, the sanctity and the sacredness of marriage and, and the gift of sex is between one man and one woman in that context. Right. Four issues. Right. And we s- if you see it, I'm not saying you as a person, but there's two in each platform mm. that mm. you see. Republicans tend to make a really big deal about two. Right. Conservative social values. Mm-hmm. And then, if you will, pro-life. Uh, pro-life. And marriage. Mm-hmm. And on the Democrat side, it seems to be that racial justice. Right. And you even saw that in the exit polls. Yeah. The number one issue for a lot, if you is watching, the number one mm-hmm. issue was racial equality. That seems to be more of a platform that's fallen in the Democrat and, and the poor and, and, yeah, and the poor and the marginalized. Right. Now, that's what I'm saying. It's a fractured system. Right. Right there. Right. All of those things I just said deeply matter to God. Mm-hmm. But what we have kind of, and listen, I want to say this and I'll press you a little bit here, church, is we have red evangelicalism and blue evangelicalism. Mm. That's what we have going on. There's a red evangelicalism and blue. So what do I mean? In New York City, and Tim Keller talks about this, in New York City, they would be 100% on board with you talking about being sold out for racial justice. And they would be 100% on board with you being sold out for the poor and the marginalized and a message, yes, pastor, what can I do to help? Right. You would get in some trouble if you jump into pro-life mm-hmm. and if you jump into sexuality in the context of marriage only. That's when you start stepping on toes and telling people how to live their lives. There. <laughs> but you go to, let's just use ours. Right. Our, let's just use more of a red state, if you will, mm-hmm. or a red part of the state. Mm-hmm. We don't really know if we're a red state. It's still out, right? Right. <laughs> uh, but more of a red part of the state. Deeply divided. Pro-life, I'd get nothing but amens. Yeah. Whole way through. Yeah. yeah, preacher. And sex in the context of marriage, one man and one woman, the majority of people would go, 100%, we affirm that. Mm -hmm. But if I begin down the road of racial justice and at times poor and the marginalized, not all, but some would go, isn't that liberal stuff there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aren't you being... It's interesting. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And that's what you find where I think the question for the church is how can you be committed Mm -hmm. to both? Yeah. Maybe you can't vote for both, and maybe it's not the role of government in both. We Mm -hmm. can argue that. Mm -hmm. But how can you be for both? And here's why I say that, because I think a divided country needs a united church. Mm. 
and we're a deeply divided country. Mm -hmm. It does not matter if it's Trump or if it's Biden. The deep fractures in our culture are not going, I mean, they've just deepened. If they could not be more polar opposite, they've just deepened in this, and it's not going to go away. And so I think the United Church, what I mean by that is no matter where you vote politically, we unite around the things of Jesus, and we champion for that. Mm -hmm. We champion for that. So So basically we need a party that combines the best of both both of the current parties. So that's, I mean, that's kind of what you're, I mean, what I'm hearing and what I have felt for a while. It's like, you know, each party kind of has these, these great biblical values kind sure. of, you know, that you, that they, you just talked about. Two of them have picked. Yeah, two, it, right. That yeah. they, that they kind of hold up. They hold up. But, and that's the virtue. And again, right. they're both... Uh, but w- where you get in trouble is, uh, and I shouldn't, you get in trouble, but sometimes it's like, I get it. I believe life starts. I, I mean, the majority of my life I voted um, for the life candidate. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but when I do that uh, and act like anybody that voted for some, that, that what I've seen is sitting in a conversation, quite honestly, with a pastor of a large church who's an African-American uh, brother in Christ mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. pastors more toward the city. Right. The, that racial equality is not the top thing on my vote, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that a, he would he would question me as much as I'd question somebody who doesn't vote pro life. Right? Does that make sense? Sure, sure. And there, there's arguments, and, and it's hard. And so the church is caught in this, and I think the church, in many ways, has lost its influence because we've been reduced to a voting block. Yes. So we've been reduced to a bl- voting block, and the- so. Yeah. The question then and is can you be a strong believer no matter where you land on the political spectrum? Because I that seems to me a question that a lot of us ask especially as believers in conversations that I've had I'll hear the statement, well, I just don't know how you can be a believer and support blank. So, yeah, so yeah. So sort of insinuating that you might not be a true believer if you vote for X. So the question is for those of us listening, those those listening out there, can you be a believer no matter where you land? I would argue there are going to be a vast majority of Democrats and a vast majority of Republicans in heaven. Mm-hmm. And by vast majority, I don't mean all the Democrats and all the Republicans. Broad is the road that leads to life. What <laughs> right. I mean is there's going to be at the throne room mm-hmm. of the king mm-hmm. of kings, the idea that that litmus test is this was the evidence of your belief, how you voted. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's going to come up in your conversation with Jesus. Right, right. You know, it's going to be, it is finished. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And again, that, that may send some of, and I, I, I would tell you if there's one area I've morphed in the last 10 years mm-hmm. is understanding this more, the more I've traveled our country and the more I've sat with pastors. And I, if I said their names, you read their books, right. you listen to their podcast, mm-hmm. how they, do not see mm-hmm. things the way maybe I see it, not as a Christian, but really, again, uh, we just have differing perspectives, mm-hmm. biases, heritage, and parts of the country we're coming from right. and experiences. And so, yes. And yet they still love Jesus. And they love Jesus and they're baptizing people and they're, mm-hmm. you know, so I think, like, like, think about it like this. I would tell you, we're salt and light, but our salt and light is part of why we vote. But is our salt and light is not the only, like being salt and light just doesn't mean you need to vote the right way. Right. And 
you know, that's kind of been what we've let it, if you will, become, you know, and I kind of pick on that at times you'll hear me in sermons because if I try to do better than I do worse, if I vote for the right candidate and I love God, I'm going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's just ridiculous thinking, right. you know, uh, but I do think what we have to remember is half of the country's disappointed uh, but that same half of the country, no matter who wins, right. but will half of the country do anything about it? What I mean is no mm. matter if you, uh, no matter who you are as a Christian, there, there's a side effect to your vote. So here's what I mean. Um, if your antidote to the side, if you voted for Biden, mm-hmm. um, but you're a Christian, then I'd say you need to be a voice and fight for the unborn. Right. You need to be right. a voice and fight for the unborn. Absolutely. You, you know, you need to be somebody who's, uh, what does it look like for me to come around moms? Uh, you know, single moms mm-hmm. or teenage pregnancy right. uh, and uh, adoption, fostering. Right. What does it look like to step? If I'm so passionate just about abortion, what does it look like to step into that issue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I voted for Biden. What does it look like to step in the issue that maybe if I'm a Trump person or if I'm a Republican, what does it look like to make sure I fight for the immigrant as well? Yeah. Yes. That, 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 that God's for all people. Yep. And that there may be security and borders and all this, but everybody matters to God. Yes. And uh, the poor and the marginalized are not just forgotten about because they didn't do their part Mm -hmm. because we're called. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And so what part you leave out in your vote, I would say just make sure that you don't think because you voted this way Mm -hmm. that then you're somehow, um, you know, don't have to mm-hmm. worry about the others. Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't get to pick and choose if life matters, you know, if I mean and that's kind of all of these issues that you're talking about kind of fall under this umbrella of all lives matter, you know, life matters to God because we're created in his image and we don't get to pick and choose which lives are more important. Yeah. Basically. I love what John Wesley says and I wrote this down. I brought I brought it to us. I, I think that John Wesley, church father, um, you know, a lot of hymns, him and his brother, traveling preacher, evangelist. Here's what he said. For people who will vote, I urge them to vote for those they judge most worthy and to speak no evil against the person they voted against and to take care that their spirits are not sharpened against people who voted on the other side. Mm. And, and I think that's just uh, how we, again, a divided country needs a united church mm. and how we have these conversations we can't mimic what our culture's having these conversations about right you know and I, and I think there's a misunderstanding just like we were talking earlier there's such a misunderstanding in New York and LA about the rest of the country yes you see that yeah I mean when you watch the media elite mm-hmm. and their elitism and they have it this is me saying they have it absolutely they just have a disdain for anybody that doesn't see the world the way they do mm-hmm. but when we in the same way perpetuate that when people don't see the world through the lens we do and that they are less than right and so we can see it real clearly in the way you kind of see the media with their uh, nose in the air go mm-hmm. how could these people yeah. you know ever you know, and it just drives us crazy. Right. Just the way they look down, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, when we go, how could anybody ever? They're not really Christians. They don't really believe what they. We're doing the same thing. Right, right. We're doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I just think that's a, an important thing to remember. Yeah. And I, I just think 
what I would tell you is to engage in like, again, think more through a biblical lens than a political lens and like what matters to Jesus in my vote, but what matters to Jesus just in general, Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that I want to be that person and not just reduce the highest form of my Christianity to how I vote, Mm -hmm. vote, vote for a person's worthy vote, you know, all Mm -hmm. of that. Right. And you should, and we're responsible, but now we're in this where we're not sure what's going to happen. And I think uh, I said this again. You guys heard this. I think what's out of our control is the state of our country. What's out of our control is the state of our community. What's out of our control is the state of the world. What's under our control is the witness we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have control of that. Right. And and we forfeit our influence when we're so focused on things we can't control. Mm-hmm. When actually there's the reality of what we can control, and that's the witness we have in the midst of it. Right. And and how closely we are following Jesus yeah. in Absolutely. our day to day. So it is, it's going to be really interesting as we, you know, uh, kind of the next several days, weeks, months, we, we have no idea. Our country is so, so divided, and we see this in the election results. So we will continue to pray and, and uh, stay, stay close to God and stay close to Jesus as we are kind of seeing this unfold. Yeah, and two helpful reads I would recommend, and you can maybe link this on the podcast somewhere, Angela, or put it on social media Mm -hmm. along with this. Okay. Two helpful reads that I just think when it goes to the idea of our witness in the midst of this and a divided country needs a united church, Scott Sauls. Mm. Scott's a a pastor in Nashville. Uh, He writes two books that I think just really speak to this idea of following Christ in such a polarizing time. Mm. And the books are A Gentle Answer Mm -hmm. and Jesus Outside the Lines. Mm. Both really press my thinking on how to engage in this very hyper-partisan, polarized, emotional, just time as a believer and a follower of Jesus. Uh, The church is in great hands. The church of Jesus Christ continues on. The church uh, survived Hitler. (laughs) <laughs> the church survived Nero. Yeah. The church survived many, many things. The church of Jesus Christ is in great hands. Right. Future of our country, I think uh, we are living in change. We're not living in changing times. We are living in times that have fundamentally changed. Mm. And I say that to pastors. I would say that again to our church. And a lot of times I say that at our church, there's like a glaze that comes over everybody because everybody thinks, well, we kind of live not right in the middle of the city. And it's a little more Andy Griffith. Come on, man. No, no, no. The whole culture has completely shifted. Right. There's generational shifts. There's cultural shifts. The world you know and understand is gone. Right. The world you grew up in is completely gone. Mm -hmm. It's not coming back. Mm -hmm. Revival is not our world coming back to the way we understand it. Revival is Jesus breaking into the brokenness of the world and bringing new life. Right. And how we live as Christians in this, I think it matters. I'm going to start preaching again. Go for it. So (laughs) I will leave you with that. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts and kind of leading us through this crazy time. We hope that you have enjoyed this talk, and uh, we will see you all again in a couple of weeks at Beyond Sunday.